Well, good morning, church. I hope you're having a good morning, and I hope you're being blessed this morning. I just want to reach out to you this morning, and I know this is a different format. Um, we've never done a service like this before, so I'm going to share a message with you this morning for a study. I'm going to give you some announcements, and we're going to give you an update on what the situation is. Most of all, we would just want to spend some time together worshiping God. Guys, I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, and I know that it can be scary. I know there's fights breaking out. There's a rush on toilet paper. Of all things, toilet paper. Guys, our God is bigger than all of this. And I know that some people might think we've overreacted, but we want to take steps to make sure that our congregation is kept safe and healthy. And so for this week, because of the national declaration the president has made, because of recommendations our governor has made, we have chosen to take this week and step back and to shut down this morning. You'll notice I'm in my office. I came in to do this message so that you don't have my kids in the background trying to uh, say hi. But we also wanted to take some time to just give you an update that this week there will be no church-held events in the building. Um, Awanas will be closed until the schools reopen. This has just been church policy that as long as the schools are closed, Awanas will be closed down. So please make note of that. In the midst of all of this, I do want to share some exciting things with you. And we've talked about some of these before. But I want you to remember that while it may seem there's a big negative thing happening right now, Guys, look at this as an opportunity. I count this as a blessing. It's a blessing because you have a day to rest. You have a day to spend with family. You have a day to recover. You have a week to be able to spend time in prayer with your family, to spend time in personal devotionals with them, to get back to the core of what's important, which is family. And we're a family. And so that means loving each other. This week, I want to encourage you. Pick up the phone. Reach out to somebody. Tell them you love them. Send them a text message. Call and say hi. Reach out and ask them if there's anything you can do. Guys, I want to encourage you. Be careful in the midst of all of this. Wash your hands. Clean with bleach water. Um, do what you can to keep yourself healthy and safe. And we're going to update you on things. But even in the midst of this, I want you to look at something. In the month of February, we had one adult get saved. We had four children in Awanas get saved, guys. This is exciting news about what God is doing in this congregation. In the month of March, and we're not even, well, we're just halfway through it now, we just got word that out of all of the groups reaching into one of the neighborhoods that we've been working really hard to reach into, we've been blessed with the go-ahead to reach out. We've been told that we are approved. This is the only church they want coming in. And people are excited. Our Wednesday night crew got told on the bus that there are more families interested in sending their children to Awanas now. Guys, we've been running 14 to 16. There's a good possibility by the time we finish off Awanas this year, we could be running a second bus run to pick up kids and possibly even families. We've been working with the Housing Authority to get approval to go into elemental court this summer and to do VBSs twice a month, a mobile VBS on Wednesday nights, to go down and barbecue hot dogs. And we're going to work with Pastor Steve at Mayfield. Now, he hasn't heard this yet, so if he's watching the video, he'll be surprised, but he knows we're going to talk. I'm going to talk to Brother Steve and see if he'll come help us and give us guidance on reaching out into this neighborhood even more because that's one of his specialties. And so we want to do this to reach out and to share that love even more. And so there's a lot of exciting things because the housing authority, they jumped up and they said, we want you to come in. We approve this. Just give us the date you're going to be there so that we know. How can we help you? Guys, 
God is working in amazing ways. So even in the midst of all of this, I want you to know it can be scary, but God is in control and God is working and God's got everything taken care of. Yes, we're going to take safety first and we're going to take your health first. But as long as this persists, we'll get better at streaming. We'll get better at doing this. And if we do have to hold out longer, then we'll figure out how to bring the worship team in. We'll figure out how to stream and we'll stream a full worship service. But we're going to need some time to work through these things. So this morning, I want you to know we love you and we care about you. We want you to know that you're important to us. And these decisions are being made to keep you healthy and safe. Guys, I also want to remind you that, and, and I want you to know, this is the last, last thing I'm going to say in this, is that God loves a cheerful giver. And you, some of you have called and said, well, Pastor, how do we give our tithes and offerings? Well, there's two ways you can do that. One is you can go to our website, paducanazarene.com, scroll down, and there's a giving button. Click on that giving button and you can give online. You can give via a check, you can give via a credit card. If you want to write a check, you can send a check into the church and just label it in your envelope, Paducah Church of the Nazarene, 2626 Adam Street, Paducah, Kentucky. And we'll make sure that your tithe gets counted and put in. Guys, we don't want anybody to be disrespectful or disobedient to God. So follow his lead on how to give and give generously in love because that's how we're able to serve this community and love others is by your gifts, by your tithes, by your offerings. And God will bless that. Well, this morning, as I said, I'm going to share a message this way. And guys, I've never done this before. So uh, bear with me as I'm kind of looking all over. I've got my Bible in front of me. I've got my notes on my computer screen. So this is going to be a little bit different. Um, but we're going to have fun and we're going to get through this. So would you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for your love and your grace, Father. We thank you for watching over us and providing for us. Lord, we may not all agree on what our government is doing, but we thank you for a government that is working hard to protect us and our health. And Father, we ask this morning that regardless of Democrat or Republican, that you would just pour your spirit out on them. Father, that you would bring them together, that you would bring them back to a heart that is focused on you, to serve you and to love you. Father, we pray that in all of this, you would guide us as a church, that you would give us wisdom in the decisions we make, that you would protect us, that you would protect us as we reach out to people and as we share your love and grace with others around us. Father, may we not be living in fear, but may we live in joy and love and grace. And may we find the positive aspects even in the midst of what's scary. And may we share your love and joy and grace with others around us. Be in this word this morning. Lord, I'll be honest with you, I'm nervous. I've never preached like this. And so Father, I ask this morning that you would just, uh, again, step in. Help me to step out. Speak through me, Lord. Speak into our hearts, speak into our lives. Jesus, be with us in all we do and all we say. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about being a, a community that's in love with Jesus Christ. And we're going to be uh, looking at Galatians chapter 6, 1 through 10. And this is what it means to be a community that lives its life out for Christ. So if you'll join me this morning, we're going to look at chapter 6, starting at verse 1 of Galatians. And it says here, Brothers, if someone is caught in sin... 
You who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Everyone who receives instructions in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, for that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The word of the Lord this morning. Well, Romans 8 verse 6 tells us to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The clearest evidence that people are living by the Spirit is the presence of love. The presence of agape love. The agape love of Christ manifesting itself in a community of concern for each other. One practical expression of this is seen in the restoration of those who have fallen away. They've had a moral failure. They've sinned. They've fallen away from their relationship with Christ. 1 Corinthians 4.21 tells us, What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and in a spirit of gentleness? How we approach each other when things have happened, when mistakes have been made, shows our relationship with Christ. Do we put people that have fallen away in a situation that humiliates them, that berates them, that causes people to gossip about them? Or do we come to them in love and grace? Do we follow what scripture tells us? Or do we make it into a big show? You see, we can come wanting to restore somebody and do it in the wrong way. And as scripture says, we come with the rod and we want to take scripture and, and we, want to, we want to beat them over the head. This, this is the word of God. And yes, it is. And this is truth. But we want to use the word of God in love, in gentleness and truth. You hear that truth to restore. Our goal is not to cause more damage and harm, but it is to restore people back to the body. Psalms 141.5 says, Let the righteous strike me, it shall be a kindness. And let them rebuke me, it shall be an excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it, for still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. It cannot always be accomplished, but one must try to restore a relationship. Guys, there's two sides to every story. And so we have to realize that our goal is to reach out. And the other person has to be responsive. But how we reach out is going to play a role in that. Are we showing the love and grace of Jesus Christ? Or are we going to cause more harm to our brothers and sisters in what we do? Well, trying to restore one who's fallen, it is a healthy attitude that we must remember this phrase. There am I. 
but for the grace of God. Where have you come from? What has God brought you through? How has he restored you? Who has walked with you when you have fallen away and made mistakes and sin? And how have they shared a redemptive love, the redemptive love of Jesus Christ with you so that you could be restored to a relationship with him? You see, there are those who are spiritually minded and give evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, and they have taken responsibility to initiate an offering of restoration to reconcile with those who have been caught in sin. And they do this because of a genuine love and grace for Jesus Christ. We need to have a spirit that wants to do this in meekness, to reprove without pride or acrimony, to stoop down to the fallen without an air of contempt we need to be willing to reach down and say, we've made mistakes. Let's restore this relationship. Because Jesus loves us, because Jesus loves me, I want to see you get better. And if this is a relational issue between two people, this is even more important because it means there have probably been mistakes on both sides. It takes two to tango. The reality is, is that Neither side is probably without blame. John 13, 14, If then you, or Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus loved his disciples enough that he got down on his knees. He wrapped a towel around his waist and he washed his brother's feet. What does that say for how we should approach others? What does it say for how we should love others? We need to be loving people for Jesus Christ. We need to be showing his grace and his mercy. Now in this, each person is responsible for their own life. Galatians 2.6 says, But for those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God chose personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. You see, we have to examine our own conduct in all of this. We have to be working for God. We have to be working with God. And Psalms 26.2 says, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. We must be coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, look at my actions. Look at how I'm doing this. Am I doing this to bring you honor or glory? Or am I doing this for me? You see, we each bear responsibility for our own soul. We can't turf that off to somebody else. You can't blame somebody else for it. A man will reap what he sows. If it's flesh, then we reap corruption. If it's spirit, it's eternal life. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. The nature of the harvest is determined by the planning that is done. Self-examination means not only taking our spiritual pulse on a regular basis, but also submitting our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions to the will of God and to Jesus Christ as revealed through scriptures. 
Now here's a personal test. I want you to stop this morning. I want you to write this down and I want you to ask yourself this question. Meditate on this today. Am I loving? Am I patient? Am I more Christ-like this year than I was last year? Does individual scrutiny result in confession? Or does it result in competition? You see, if it results in confession, then we're moving in the right direction. But if it's a competition, then we're choosing a, fe a, a fleshly result to what is happening. For each person, eternity will be, multi be a multiplied outcome of the good or evil that their present life shows. Heaven reveals the fruit of righteousness. Hear that. Heaven reveals the fruit of righteousness that is shown in your life. But hell is just ripened fruit that's gone bad. Which do we choose to be? Do we choose to be a fruit that is ripened for Jesus Christ in righteousness? Or will our fruit be rotten? I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that is more like Christ every day. Now, this sounds like, you know, there's a lot of negativity here, but the reality is, is that we have to look at this and say, okay, Lord, this is, this is work. This is a job. It, it means I have to be in a relationship with you. And it does. Guys, this is work. Not only corporately do we come together to worship and to pray and to, to stand in that gap. Remember, 920 on Sunday mornings when we start getting back together, we have prayer in the prayer room. I want to encourage you to come and stand in that gap and pray for the church and pray for each other and, and to cry out to Jesus. But that also means personally, you have to spend time in prayer. You have to spend time in his word. You have to spend time in devotions. It means you got to get together in small groups. you got to study with each other. Right now, you have that personal obligation and responsibility with your family. Take this time to get together to have devotions and prayer. Maybe you've never done this as a family. Understand it can be scary. Men, pick up the word. Sit down with your family and talk about it. Pray about what it means. Men, lead your family in Christ. Show them what it means to be a man of God. Don't give up. Keep going. No Christian is exempt from having burdens, guys. In the life, in struggles, we're all going to have burdens. Right now, this isn't where we want to be. We want you all to be here. We want to be worshiping together. But we're going to worship different. You see, we're all priests, and so we have to come together to carry the load. We have to support each other. And how we do that says a lot about the type of church we're going to be. It says a lot about the type of Christians we're going to be. Do we come together and carry the load of each other? Remember, it takes a village to raise a child. Will you throw that responsibility back on just one person? Or will you step up in love and grace and say, we're a family, let me help you. Let me take some of the burden off you. Let me walk this road with you. Let me be there. Or are you gonna reprimand somebody for trying their best and tear them down. You see, our, our job is to lovingly lift people up. James 5, 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, 
until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it, for it until it receives the early and later rain. Man fails because we quit. Why do we quit? Because we don't support each other and carry the burdens. And when that happens, we become overcome. We become overwhelmed. We become overworked. We become overloaded. The reality is, family, we can't give up. We can't quit. Hear me this morning. We stand together united in Jesus Christ. He is our King. He is our Lord. And so this morning, we come together as a family. We cry out, Abba, Father, Papa, we are here. We know you're in our presence. Father, we come together to support each other, to love each other as you have loved us. We come to walk with each other so that we don't give up, so that we don't quit because we know that you don't quit. John 4.35 says, Do you not say, There are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they, already, they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Guys, we're starting to see the Spirit's work in the hearts and lives of our children and people in our church. We're starting to see him work in our community. Don't give up. Carry the burdens of each other. How can you help someone? How can you support someone? How can you support a family? How can you help somebody with children? How can you help take the load off of somebody? How can you be an encouragement to someone else? Luke 10.2, then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Guys, we need everybody. We need everybody. You all have a role to play, whether it be a prayer warrior, whether it be an encourager, whether it be working at Awanas or work with the journey, journey of faith, or whether it be working with Wings of Grace, whether it be working on our bus ministry, whether it's working with the AA ministry, whether it's serving, helping at the church. Guys, there are so many ways that we can each be serving in the church and in the community to reach out to the harvest, reaching out into this neighborhood, the mobile VBS this summer. Get excited. Be involved. Say the harvest is plentiful. It's ready. But we have to be willing to step up and step in and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Pray for him to open up the doors to use you in the harvest. Third, third John, John 3. Yeah. John 3, chapter 5, says this, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. This morning I know the world is changing. 
I know there's a lot of fear. I know there's a lot of doubt. I know people are scared. But church, let me encourage you this morning, you are not alone. Watching this online, on your computer, watching this on your TV, your tablet, or your smartphone, you are not alone. Take faith that you are a family. Not just a biological family of those who you sit with this morning. Blood family. No, you are part of a spiritual family. You are my brothers and sisters and I love you dearly. My family loves you dearly. We pray for you. We're lifting you up. We are here for you. Guys, we have to work together. We have to carry the load for each other. How can we encourage each other so that we do not get overwhelmed? and end up falling and alone. It's scary that people get hurt in the church and burned out the most because we leave people to carry the bulk of the load by themselves. When the reality is, is that if we would each step up and step in, the load could be evenly distributed and the love of Christ could be shared with even more people. Church, I love you. I want to encourage you this morning. Do a deep self-evaluation. Will you study the word? Will you pray together this morning? Ask yourself, are you being an encouragement? Are you lifting the burden off of other people? Are you helping to distribute the load? Or... Are you casting more of a burden on other people? God wants us to work as a team. There is no I in team. And if we're going to be a team, then we need to come together as a family. And that means that we each have to look at ourselves. And we have to raise this family. And we have to build disciples are willing to build disciples and we have to do it in love we have to do it in grace walking with him and all we do and all we say that our lives would reflect the love and grace of Jesus Christ in everything we do helping our brothers and sisters a strand of three chords stands much stronger than individual chords Guys, do you have your brother's back? Are you supporting and encouraging them? This week, don't worry about the world, what the world's doing. Now, honestly, be safe. Be cautious. But you serve a Lord who has all of this under control. But he wants you, you and me, to be encouragers uplifters, supporters that help to carry the burden of one another and help to build disciples together. Because if we're not in this together, we will fall apart. Church, I love you. We're here for you. We're praying for you. We will get through this. I look forward to us being back together and worshiping together in the sanctuary very soon. But God loves you, and I love you. 
Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Father, we pray that today you would just help us to stop, examine our hearts, examine our motives, examine our actions. And Father, help us to make the changes, to be encouragers, to be supporters, to be uplifters. Father, help us to be the family that shows your love and grace to each other in our community and to one another. Father, may we build each other up. May we support each other. May we pour out love like never before. And Father, where there's brokenness, move our hearts to reconciliation and restoration. Father, may our motives be pure. May our methods be ones that bring you honor and glory. Father, may they be ones that are done in purity and righteousness and grace. Father, go with us this week. May we be lighthouses of your love to a world that is scared. May we show those around us your grace and your glory. May we walk with them as you walk with us. And Father, may we be willing to get down on our hands and knees in love and to wash the feet of our brothers and sisters in grace and mercy and your love. Go with us this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, I love you. If you need me, give me a call. You have my number. Send us an email if you need something. Give us a call at the church. We'll be checking voicemails. We'll give updates later this week. Guys, we love you. We'll talk to you later. Have a blessed day.